Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And welcome to the NXT Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick, here to review last night's episode of NXT. <laughs> but before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review the show, formerly known as NXT, but. Oh! And also, pay-per-views premium live events we have interviews roundtable discussions and a roundup of the week complete with a quiz of course on WrestleCulture as I said they're joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review New Year but first there's an elephant in the room we have to do arsehole what a complete arsehole are you alright no for a variety of reasons. Oh my god! WWE's probably yeah, being sold. <laughs> WWE's probably being sold to Saudi Saudi Arabia. It's oh all but god. done, isn't it? A bit of uh, insider information here, not about the sale, but about <laughs> our podcast process. Uh-huh. Will Bourne, just before recording, we were saying like, oh, "Who cares about NXT? What we're going to do? All the rest of it." He goes, "I oh, don't worry, guys. I've got a, a nice way to segue into a brief discussion on the news," <laughs> and then he does an elephant noise. <laughs> Ultimately, right, here's the thing. Uh, we are not being cowards about this. No. It is significantly more important than NXT. I would much prefer to talk about it. However, we are already producing content mm-hmm. on it. We already have plans to do it. There's an editorial with my perspective that will be published to whatculture.com slash WWE imminently. Um, Simon Miller's always also giving his mm-hmm. um, thoughts in editorialized format on our YouTube channel. And we are hoping... That uh, we're going to go more in depth yeah. on mm. this tomorrow. But I suppose a brief thought would hurt. Yeah, exactly. We are going to go in, in depth and, and get both of your thoughts on this in detail. Probably tomorrow, yeah, just because the dust is still settling. And it's one of those stories that I sense if we record it today for release tomorrow. Triple H will be gone or something. Yeah. Exactly. It's a gift of being able to give a bit of both, isn't it? There's definitely a place and a time for like impulse reactions, which is now. But it, there is some worth to letting this story go on because there's so much more to it. Like every single day, there's going to be developments probably within the next few weeks. Mm. So there's probably there could be a different podcast on this specific subject every day. So it's your reaction to the news, or when did you find out? In fact, I found out when I first woke up, which made reviewing this utterly irrelevant show <laughs> at the best of times <laughs> um, a complete waste of time that I barely paid any attention to. To be perfectly honest, uh, look, I'll level with you. I watched. Breaker versus Waller, 
unspoiled, just in case there was a title switch. Mm-hmm. But generally, I don't care about NXT spoilers. I'll just hop on Twitter. I've got this. I think a lot of people have it. You don't, and I'm very in admiration that you don't have this. In every waking moment, I usually have to check Twitter or the news just to see if the world hasn't exploded or whatever. So I always do mm. that. I don't do it on Thursday mornings, if I'm being honest. I don't want the results of Dynamite spoiled. I actually like that show. <laughs> but on most mornings, my routine is wake up, get, that, get out of that weird dream state. Ooh. I hate it. I hate waking up. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't like. I'm not staying bed, guys. Oh, what, what, what's my subconscious doing? God damn I it. just hate waking up too. Another bloody day. Another bloody yeah. day. But I don't really hate that element of it so much as the weird dream state. So I get out of it. So I care. From one nightmare to another. Mm. Let's go on Twitter. And I went, uh, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so I was shocked, but that shocked, not surprised sort of thing. The private element was really the one for me. It's like Jesus Christ. This is an even bigger story than Vince stepping down, maybe, or yeah. com- comparable, because uh, the private thing is nuts. The idea that we've been writing or talking about rights fees and really struggling with the concept of how bad WWE is versus how successful it is, and it's just, it continues to be a total brain scramble, and now, as it pertains to WWE anyway, the rights fee, still fundamentally important, I guess, mm-hmm. but it's almost irrelevant now with how much money they have to play with. Look, I just... It's one of those things where I was grappling internally with myself about the outcry, and I oh, won't someone think of Sami Zayn, who signed a contract after the arrangement with Saudi Arabia was in place. I'm just saying it. Yeah. I am just saying it. That is a fact. It's not... Yeah, you made a very good point on Twitter, and I'm sure the mega fans will forgive me, that this isn't just... This isn't the heel turn for no, WWE, no. is it? This is a company, and this is a bit of a preview of a point I make and the disturbing truth behind Saudi Arabia buying WWE article, which should be posted imminently, if not already up by the time you read this. If you were to write a 100-point list, right, of the worst things WWE has ever done, the brutal, shocking, genuinely awful form that was the systemic bullying of Howard Finkel wouldn't make the drafts. Howard Finkel was like the nicest bloke. Yeah. He was the most dedicated employee they ever had. He is a cherished voice for millions who persist with this product despite it being terrible, right? And he came up with the goddamn name of WrestleMania Mm -hmm. and he was bullied. Apply the exact same thought process to Jim Ross. Yeah. Came up with the roster that basically turned that company around and all the other same. Yeah. I can't cry for WWE... they didn't, did they cross the line? No. They're already in bed with them. Yeah. This is just a almost gentle advancement of that relationship and the specific parameters of that relationship, not the fundamental changes in the company. It's like, it's not 2018 anymore. I'd love to feel the genuine moral disgust I felt at my core at and ahead of Crown Jewel 2018. I'm a human being. I'm unable to do that. You can't process that much genuine bleak feeling and sadness and anger and seethe and nihilism. You just can't. It's not healthy. You have to callous yourself to it. And 2018's already happened. So if it makes me a bad person or if it just makes me a person, I can't give a single toss about caring about the morality of that company. I should because there are marginalized communities that um, have no choice but to feel that outrage, that genuine sadness that they have been completely screwed over in their thoughts and feelings and their identities as a result of this relationship. Maybe I should do better than to play the cynical, you know, 
37-year-old, who cares, WWE's been like that forever. From my personal, not necessarily empathetic vantage point, I can't possibly cry outrage about it. I just can't, even though I know it's disgusting. Mm. I quite admire Cedric's pragmatism on this, because I'm not one of those marginalised people he just described, but I feel quite sad. Like, I felt my gut feeling this morning was feeling pretty sad about it. I was up last night. I wouldn't normally check... Twitter before NXT. Like, the, we get up, we do these reviews every day, so the first thing I do is watch a show. It's muscle memory. I'm not trying to diminish yeah. my enjoyment. No, no, like, I would go on, you know, I would watch a show, then go online or whatever, however. Uh, but I was up late last night. My oldest son was a bit poorly, so I was sat up with him, and I just, he would fall asleep next to me, so then my phone comes out when I'm on Twitter, <laughs> and it's as Stephanie McMahon's resigning. Yeah. Because that news was fresh when I woke up. I just thought, well, NXT never penetrates the discourse, so I can go safely onto Twitter to just see how that's, Developed and what it developed into was this was into the sale. Suddenly, the Stephanie McMahon thing was old news five hours after it had dropped. <laughs> Such is the way with these things, I guess. Um, I, yeah, I feel a bit sad. Like I, I do personally. It's um, it's not. Uh, it's we're going to cover it. We um, I like to think we we were talking about this over the desk this morning. I like to think this is not to put us over for this specifically. We made a reasonable accounting of ourselves in other times. Twenty eighteen being an example of how to try and strike a balance between mm-hmm. covering the reality versus the fiction of the actual product we're talking about. It wasn't just with Saudi Arabia, it was with speaking out, it was with numerous mm-hmm. awful things that have occurred in wrestling in what is still root and branch a pretty awful business, right? And like we have, you grapple with that as a fan of it when you get old enough to realise the undercurrent. Um, but it, I, right now I'm in a position where I'm yet to apply. Sidgwick's right. I just, I'm yet to apply that same pragmatism. I know... And that's fine as well. I know that there was a supervillain at the heart of this all along and you're exchanging one for another. But um, I'm going to put over uh, a bit of a favourite occasional follow of ours, Ian, Ian Andrew Dice Clay on yeah. Twitter, who, put, who really nailed it. He, you know, in one tweet, he summed up, go and follow me on Twitter, I don't know the exact words, but he summed up the fact that, like, Vince Man did... Andrew the Giant Ian Andrew now. the Giant now, yeah. Vince Man did all these awful things that most of us at this point in our lives know all about. I don't endorse all of his tweets. No. But he said... Uh, this is the thing that in your life, if you have a passion for it and if you care about it, it can make you feel good. I am mentally prepared to have a Royal Rumble or a WrestleMania or a whatever make me feel good against the backdrop of something that I couldn't feel worse about. And I'm like, on an emotional level, I'm struggling a little bit with that conflict in a way that I wasn't before for my own mm. mental gymnastics and blindness towards what was happening. Like, Stephanie McMahon leaves. She's a frigging loser. All the McMahons are. Like, hate she them. Is awful massive people. Massive loser. Like, awful. All of them are. I was on this, you know, I know you think it's bollocks, but I was on this, like, no baby face billionaires tick from the beginning. They're all losers, right? You don't need to stand them. They don't need your love and support. Like, we were talking this the other day, Sidgwick. Like, when Vince got back in, we were both saying, like, isn't it a shame that, like, wealth is wasted on the rich and all they want is power and status? Because Stephanie McMahon and Triple H could retire 100 million times over. Why would they bother staying? I'll just make the perfect Mai Tai recipe on a yacht. <laughs> just like, listening to Steely Dan. That's oh, what I would do. Oh, but they've actually done it, right? Amazing. Like, assuming that Triple H follows, and he might, but, like, she's done it and they're actually going to go. They'll still look for more power and status. They're awful people. Don't stand them or anything like that. <laughs> but it just, it was just easier, I think, it was like, in our, in my sort of very naive, very Western mindset to this, it was easier to take these evil succession Trumpian billionaires versus these new ones who have got evils all of their own. And again, it's not on me personally, but uh, that's not to say that, you know, that sort of reduces the experience of all the very many marginalized communities and people that suffered the atrocities. Of this. It's a supremely complex issue, and it's how... One of the reasons why sports washing is so successful, that deal wouldn't have worked if, like, Crown Jewel was a one-off 
or Greatest Royal Rumble was a one-off. It needs to be a 10-year deal because people tire. It's human nature. Yeah. Like, stuff, it has to be insidious. Stuff mm. just happens. Like Trump gets in in 2016, and a lot of people feel incredibly scared and incredibly panicked by it, and then things just keep happening, and ultimately nothing happens, and he gets his term. January the 6th happens. Nothing happens. Think the world just goes on, and everybody just gradually gets a little bit more callous and a little bit more whatever. And like that's I made those how, exact points in that article. That's how well. sports that's washing how it works. Eh? That's how sports washing is so successful. That's how it, capitalism works. Yeah, there can't be singular events. It has to be a thing that gets you used to the kind of grim realities until you you try your best to fight elements of it, and you do it in your own day to day. And then there are some miserable compromises that you get so used to that you stop realizing are even miserable. I don't know how it's going to affect like our coverage or how WWE looks or feels, but... It's going to look unbelievable. Yeah. To bring this back to NXT, because I'd read that and because I was, like, processing all of that, I thought there was a bit of a dark cloud over SmackDown because Vince was back. Compare that to a frigging NXT show in the Performance Center. Like... Oh, boy. All of a sudden, it was like, God, I miss the days of Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn, and Popcorn. Like... Vince just being back in their room was, like, that's the glory days. Like, the, the daft days of Vince returning the silly old sausage. Like, if, and that's been 72 hours. See, I had the opposite of it. I had a great time watching New Year's Evil because I had no bloody clue what was going on. He did not know. We walked in. In, how do you not check Twitter in the morning? It's down to you. It was maybe last year, maybe the year before, we were talking a lot about it. And you and I, I'm not sure if we talked about it on a podcast, mm-hmm. we just talked about it between the two of us. We're talking about how we'd wake up and like you say, muscle memory, go on Twitter. Yeah. And I was getting angry every no, morning. Just doom scroll. Just like, because the world was on fire, not just wrestling related, just any, I'd see, see The one arm bandit analogy, isn't it? You pull down the one arm bandit <laughs> hoping for three bars, but it never ever comes up yeah, three yeah. bars. You like, never win. Like, it's some great stuff. And we've already, you, you've shared one today. Sometimes Twitter throws up stuff that I would never see anywhere else. And I'm like, wow, what a brilliant app this is. But a lot of the time I see <laughs> something and be like, whether it be, like I say, something to do with wrestling, something to do with politics, something to do with sport, life, whatever. So I just stopped doing it. Just like occasionally just I'll jump more on hours after of this Raw and see if there's any like banter memes doing yeah. that, like Dominic Mysterio or whatever. But now, maybe Dynamite I do look because I like seeing people getting hyped about yeah. bonkers stuff that's gone on or like Sting showing up or whatever it may be, right? But now, yeah, I just... I have a far better experience, even if it's a dreadful wrestling show that I've watched, to watch it and then go, right, I've watched it. Time for a bowl of Weetabix and <laughs> a bit of uh, Late Night with Seth Meyers, for example. That's my morning routine. So, uh, yeah. And then, you know, there was normally, I don't, Wednesday morning, I certainly don't need to go on Twitter. Because like you say, it's not exactly going to be like the discourse going to be like, I mean, it should be about how Tony D sacrificed himself for stacks, but it's unfortunately not. So, so I don't go on Twitter, and then I wonder him. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Just wondering. <laughs> He's laughing, listeners. He liked that one. Yeah, like he, he hates puns, and he liked that one. My stacks were fast. <laughs> wondering today. Just <laughs> so low key for you as well. Like any given day of the week, you're oh, like. Morning! Like, this was particularly sort of, oh, was he taking this really hard or what? Was like, I was just like, morning, boys. And then it was, it was just, we went, I said this on the news, I'm just completely flabbergasted by this. I'm going to be a complete hypocrite, I can already tell. Because I was in the same boat as everyone else going, a World Cup in Qatar? And then I'm watching every single game, I'm enjoying the tournament, I thought it was a phenomenal final that's how it works, right? Just to make that point, to elaborate on that point rather before we get to NXT, right? NXT. <laughs> the World Cup coverage journey, right, begins with a match that no one cares about. It's 
Qatar versus. Give me a second. Bad game. <laughs> it was a terrible game. It was utterly rubbish in terms of the quality. There's some Ecuador. Qatar, Ecuador. Some pretty funny VAR stuff. But that whole hour on BBC, at least, and I imagine on every other station and every other Western country was saying, right, okay, well, we're here now. Kind of have to do it. It's very, very bittersweet. People have died in horrible conditions erecting the stadiums in which we're sitting right now to put on a World Cup for a uh, brutal regime that does not like or tolerate the LGBTQ community. And it was very somber and it was very bittersweet. So why are we doing this? It was all these very you know, grandiose moral introspections. Stuff like half-time they used to show, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. It lasted about three days. Mm. And then the tournament started to get really, really good. And uh, England thrashed... Um, Iran. Iran, yeah. 6-2. And, oh, God, is it coming home? And then that narrative takes hold. And, oh, my God, um, Ronaldo's getting kicked off the Portugal team, and the Portugal team are better, and that's a great narrative to latch on to. Argentina have lost and to Saudi Arabia. Ar- Argentina have lost, but they're coming back, and Messi's looking like he's Could not... Could this be a pessi Bombape final? Yeah, Pessi's <laughs> not finished after all. And then you get to all of these subplots, and it's Morocco. How great are they? Isn't it great for African football? Then you get to that game final, and it's the best football game ever in terms of the stakes, in terms of the narrative, in terms of the drama, the excitement, the quality. It's the best game of football I've ever seen. It's the Omega Ricardo Forum professional <laughs> football. Yeah. And by the time that that goalkeeper puts the glove trophy <laughs> Emmy Martin next Esther. to his crotch, like it's his big yak, <laughs> that conversation that was held ahead of Qatar Ecuador is dead because insidious nature of using entertainment to obscure all of this has worked. Mm. And we'll talk in more detail. That was us barely scratching the surface and just giving our initial reactions to it. We will talk, obviously, about this in more detail. As the week goes on, we, yes. th- we think. Yeah, this is, a, this is more than more than most WWE media types will give you. I'd like to think An so, actual yeah. bit of criticism. Mm. One last point on this as well. This is yours, Sige. Uh, old Vince would have had all this drop today. Big yeah. di- big dynamite tonight. Aye. Uh, his promotional house is, is deed. If I, I said this <laughs> in the office, I was like flabbergasted that they didn't all orchestrate the news drop on this. Remember the Brian and Punk peppering happening on Wednesday afternoons? Yeah, yeah. Like, how strange. Aye, was that one Wednesday? Yeah. Like, Danielson as well. What? <laughs> Why didn't they do this today? Maybe they couldn't. Hmm. But these things get leaked strategically. These deals get made at certain times. We're rivals with uh, King of the Hill and Sopranos and things of that nature. Yeah, but maybe AEW at this point, with all that money they've got, is just they don't give a toss about it anymore. Mm. Who knows? That's very interesting year ahead. What a ridiculously uh, generic statement that is, but it's no less true. 2023 is goaded. <laughs> I was about to say, guys, was 2022 the craziest year ever? And- hey, guys, remember when WWE sold to Saudi Arabia? <laughs> yeah. Crazy times, man. Wrestling, eh? Bloody hell. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, From one evil to another. New Year's evil now. Uh, The show... Oh, God. Madeley's back. Show opened uh, with one of the stars of the show, Andre Chase, running through uh, the show for his his students. Effin and Jeff and all over the place. Um, You can't be asked to use the bleep button. No. No, you you will, though. At some point, yeah. Um, But he says... 
uh, to one of the students. We don't need that kind of stupidity around Thea Hale. It's the biggest match of her career tonight, and she's getting fired up. She screams, let's flip it go! Or words to that effect, basically. Uh, and yes, on with this stacked premium weekly live event. From a show where, it, you know, it was born being pretty gross, NXT 2.0. Sometimes, like... I kind of see Thea Hale and think they might have like a golden era Bailey baby face mm. on their hands. She, like that character works. It's a stupid gimmick, but she's gotten it over. And if she can like eventually go, I think there's a proper main roster baby face charisma in Thea Hale. I, I, you see more and more of it focused upon with these stuff with Duke Hudson. She's the sympathetic core of this because you can it with an Andre Chase. So it's got to be through her instead. Don't be going Bodie Hayward either now. So. No. Do you imagine how giddy I get if I get to interview Thea Hale? Those two bouncing off each other. <coughs> Oof. You won't like the chase you headband. Like this. No! Anyway, match of the night started the show. Uh, Tony D versus that punk rat. Punk rat. Die Jack. Uh, back and forth brawl. They keep spilling to the outside and chucking each other into stuff, basically. Uh, and then at one point, Die Jack goes to throw Tony D into the barricade. But Stax eats a bullet for his boss, uh, which allows D'Angelo to come back and take over. Um, but for justice, which was a central theme of this, uh, Dijak uses the longest handcuffs ever <laughs> to handcuff Stax to the turnbuckle to make sure he can't interfere anymore. Go to a break. We come back. Dijak's back in control. Uh, he hits a nice sit-out choke bomb that I thought was the finish. But Tony D is made of sterner stuff. He kicks out of it. Um, but Tony D has to crawl over to the corner. Stax is there saying, Come on, boss. I'll do anything for you. I'll do anything for you. But I'm so bad. He's got Geordie there. Know, yeah. Stax. I'll wear boss. I'll do anything for you, boss. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes to, yeah, he goes to stand in front of Tony D and, uh, yeah, take another bullet for him. But Tony D, oh, honestly, what, what ends with the Oscars? Pretty soon, isn't it? Golden yeah. Globes Usually just February. Late right contender here. It. Tony D says, I'm not your boss. I'm your family. <laughs> Kisses him, pushes him out of the way. Eats a huge super kick from Dijak. One, two, three. The acting was really silly at the end of this. It's great, wasn't it? Um, I loved it. Godfather Part 4, anyone? Bit of hair ruffling, this. <laughs> or, or hat ruffling. Uh, mafioso boss contract killer Tony D'Angelo. Wasn't bad working babyface here. I didn't think he had it in him. I don't like his matches. I, I love his gear. I, yeah, I love what his I love what his character has given to us for so many reasons. Not least the co-host. But like <laughs> his matches aren't great. Sorry, Wilborn. I didn't think this was that bad. I kinda liked him. Like it's that WWE thing. He's just been told, like, fire. You've got fire, you've got energy, you've got drive, you want to take the fight to die jack. There's a very clear healing babyface, and you're gonna be the babyface now. Even if it's just situational for now. I thought he performed that role surprisingly well. There was more energy to his work than I'm used to from him being told to just hit the chin lock and snare down the hard camera. So a bit of a pleasant surprise in that regard. I've got significant concerns about a potential uh stacks. Heel turn oh. off the back of this, off this idea that Tony's somehow they've flipped this, that Tony's laying it all on the line every week. Like, proper laying his coat down, my lady, for Stax all the time. This, like, reeks of, like, Dijak getting in Stax's poor little head. Oh. They are conveniently, conspicuously, like, as close as ever before, and that's when you do splits. Yeah. So I don't think times are good for Stax and D'Angelo. I was rather less impressed with this match. <laughs> oh. I thought it was... Uh, 
boring action-wise, and the acting was verging on the atrocious, if yeah. I'm being perfectly honest. Like, th- he's a mob boss. It's already in itself a ridiculous, ridiculous conceit for a professional wrestling character, and now he's Shawn Michaels as a mob boss, which <laughs> is even stupider. My God, you don't have to do melodramatic monologues in every single thing you do. This company, right, could hire... Uh, who's this company would have Vader staring at his hands, declaring his love <laughs> for his tag team partner at this point. I enjoyed this, unsurprisingly, and uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. I, don't, I think probably we shouldn't mention the potential turn when he gets here just because you don't yeah. want to further that coming? thought in his head. You know, you I thought I heard a helicopter landing. No, a plane landing yeah. on the helipad. It wasn't a Virgin Orbit one, was it? Because that I don't know if you saw, but that didn't even get off the ground. Well, he was talking. Richard, Richard he was Branson blew it. Again. He was all over the news. He was on the scoops. Yeah. <laughs> it stacks all over. I wonder if he's up on today's news. <laughs> oh, hey guys! <laughs> hey stacks! Hey stacks! Yeah, you you simply sit here. Thanks, Willie. Whoa, big twenty-four hours, huh, guys? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, right, there's been a lot of conversation online, Stacks. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? I, uh, I've been checking Twitter somewhere on the uh, on the flight over. A lot of people who started watching uh, wrestling last week think that this news could spark a mass exodus. Would you be among that number? I got to consult with Tony D on that. He is the boss at the end of the day, but he's also family. And uh, family comes first for old Stacky Do over here. Oh. <laughs> Very, it's a good non-answer that might serve you well yeah. when, you are, <laughs> when you are doing sort of like uh, sports washing and propaganda. Is wrestling like financially not your side hustle anyway? You're no, in indeed. It garbage. Is, uh, uh, is it? Not a copies money? of The Godfather that I sell <laughs> out the back of my van. That's where I make the real big bucks. Sunday market. Uh, but I want to talk to you guys a little bit about business today. Okay. Specifically jokes about business. Ah. Uh, yeah. Did you, uh, you guys hear about Humpty Dumpty's business? Yeah, you seen this? Uh, his egg business posted record profits in Q3, I heard. That's right, he had a great fall! Get it? Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's really good. good. That stacks. Anyway, three, we, call, we call it autumn over here, but we get it. Yeah. yeah we yeah, understand yeah. your culture. Question, uh, joke number one, Sitch. Why did the donut maker quit his job? He was in the hole. Brilliant. He was in the hole. It's good. It's not right. It's better again. <laughs> Why did the donut maker quit his job? Because he disliked the whole business. That's good too, actually. Yeah, yeah. Right. The whole business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stax is getting a bit blue over there in his chair. <laughs> Thank God this isn't tight. God, can you imagine them seeing us two sat together? Stax? <laughs> yeah, imagine that. I'd like the Christmas photo. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> Question joke number two, Hamford. Yeah. What is the best thing about working in a Microsoft office? Picture that, me working in a Microsoft office. Nice windows. It's got to be something to do with you, isn't it? Windows. It's not going to be like access to Encarta, is it? Nobody uses that anymore. No, no, no one really wants. They're all Excel freaks who like Excel and like like to organize their lives via Excel. They're very boring. <laughs> um. Think you're married to one of those people, Wilborn. <laughs> Don't talk about it. Nick Khan still have his spreadsheet. 
Uh, probably, yeah. yeah. I would say nice windows. Yeah, nice windows. What is the best thing about working in a Microsoft office? <laughs> you always have their void. Ah, okay. Okay, okay. so it's another point. A paper point. Microsoft void another nowadays, I see. Huh? Yeah, it's like 250 quid. What? Fancy damn. Think <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking made of money? Let's <laughs> use text edit on a Mac. On the back end of the website. <laughs> One of the two. Joke number three, then I got to get out of here and uh, get on with some big deals for Tony D. We are family after all. What uh, business are you in at the minute? Waste management, quite appropriately for WWE. You haven't got two hundred dollars <laughs> spare for a word, huh? Nothing. So, uh, yeah, that's a point. <laughs> How is business going so well if you can't afford word stacks? I can afford it. I'm not a schmuck who pays for it though. Ah, uh, yeah, he's got he's in character. That's yeah. good. I can work for Microsoft in their office because you always have the. Have I already told that one? Uh, okay, joke number three. I got to go. Fire up the jet, Tony. The fl- the pilot's also He's called Tony. No, it's oh, a different right, different Tony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tony pilot. That's why Tony D Airlines. Every pilot has to be called Tony. Oh, All right, okay, question number one in the interview: What's your goddamn name? Get the f- out if it ain't Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Joke number three: What steps should be taken? In case of an outbreak of fire in your office, it's, it's going to be some kind of like a fucking lot of them. <laughs> yeah, a fucking all of them. You got to get the fuck out. The ones nearest the fucking fire escape. What steps should be taken in case of a fire outbreak in the office? Big fucking ones. <laughs> <It's too late. laughs> Sell them. See you later, guys. Bye, Zach. Bye, Stacks. Good guy. He's good. Guy. He's, uh, he's weird. He's had a strange. He's weird. <laughs> he's getting odder. He's getting way, way weirder than he ever was before. I think this is a stressful day today to me. Yeah. yeah. Toxic attraction are backstage. Well, what's left? Mm. Uh, JC Jane, Gigi Dolene. Very happy for Mandy Rose, by the way. For getting out and making all that money for herself. Good for yeah. her. Uh, they want revenge on Roxanne Perez at Vengeance Day, so they're going to win the uh, Battle Royal that's coming later. Uh, Mackenzie's like, well, what happens if it's the last two? It's the two of them. And they're like, we'll be declared co-winners. <laughs> Good one. Anyway, uh, then it was time for the Creed Brothers versus the Locker Room Leaders. Disgusting, this. Yeah. So, I mean, a hell of a development. I thought this was going to be lead story on the news today. <laughs> and I came in, I've got to be honest. So Creed Brothers come out, they're meant to be facing into share, of course. But out comes Sanger all alone. Uh, and he says, look, Veer's not here tonight, but I, we agreed to a match. I'll honor it by resting you guys two on one. And I was like, oh, it's a bit of a shame. And then you hear the huge pep from the audience. <laughs> Fish, seals. And who should show up? Literal dogs, Pavlovian dogs. Former WWE champion, Jinder Mahal, <laughs> blindsides Brutus and Julius, uh, and they they slide in, does uh, Sanger, and uh, they beat him down. Uh, Brutus gets chokeslammed onto the steps by Sanger, um, which takes him out of the show, and Mahal uh, hits Julius with a collapse and says, Fear and Sanger fight with respect, but I don't. 
Jinder, <laughs> speaking of them, was an early big win for the grifters online, wasn't he? Like that was when like grifting for like clout oh, yeah. Yeah. really coming into its own. And Jinder wins the title. Don't hinder the Jinder. And right-minded people like me and Sid just like, well, it's just terrible. That's like it's a disgrace on a belt that once meant something. You just gradually eroded away any of that prestige. But then a bunch of people post and cry laughing. We're just saying, this is wild. This is so wacky. Three million retweets. It's like, what's he going to do next? Oh, he's just going to be really racist in Nakamura. Now what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, you've, you've, you've parked your car in the Jinder camp now. What now? How do you get out? Do you reverse that out? You can't. You're stuck with it. And then AJ wins the belt. It's like, thank God, AJ Styles saved the day. Wait a second. <laughs> yeah. Wait a fucking second. Two, two minutes ago, you were going, <laughs> cry laugh emoji, what if Jinder beats Brock at Survivor Series? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Terrible time. But Terrible the thing is, time. back then, that was a few it's years It's crazy. <laughs> back then, a few years ago, in his matches, obviously, they were kind of like formulaic. He'd have a kind of dull match. Really dull. Someone would interfere to distract his opponent and then hit him with a collapse. So we'll have to see what happens in his match <laughs> later um, to see you know, how his game's developed, obviously, Sige. I Look, I don't know if there was a plan to have Jinder uh, interfere in the match if it was going to happen. Look, in these uncertain times, <laughs> you don't know who's going to be pulled from a show. They might be injured and not have the thing, or they might have just run an angle here. I would not have done two. All right, this is not the real match. Matches on the same show that had like a name attached to it, where you're expecting a bigger rating. Strategic error. Twice Ooh. we've lost this tag match. Now I'm getting pretty pissed off with it. Like twice they've advertised this and not delivered it. It's starting to feel like it was once this fun match of mythical proportions. It's just starting to feel like a myth. Yeah, I'm losing faith in it as an idea now. So. Yeah. Uh, right, moving on. Pretty deadly are backstage. Their hair looks majestic in rollers. They've got that gauntlet match, and then New Day come on and go, you, you do know you're on next. And they run off shouting, D-roll. The funny stuff, in it? Yeah. Um, Sanger and Jinder are walking backstage. Valentina Ferraz is like, what's going on? Uh, Jinder just walks off, and um, Valentina yeah, is so confused about it all, and Sanger says, look, it's about me, it's about my brothers. And then Electra Lopez says... Yeah, he's looking after himself. Maybe you should too. In the gauntlet battle royal thing later, what is the pulse of this locker room they're trying to illustrate? I don't any know. of this because I'm lost now. Like when we used to joke about the locker room leader thing, at least there was a theoretically, and Ivy Nile, I guess, is still doing this later on. There was some sort of code yes. that she didn't want to be broken. Half the roster are like, yeah, break the code straight away. Like, if, if anything, breaking the code is much better. Like, it's impossible to work out what you're supposed to think of the vibe in this locker room, other than they're all pretty grim. <laughs> grim, sh- grim shaggers. Yeah. Grim, filthy shaggers. They don't want to shag, don't <laughs> Chuck a muck a boot. <laughs> cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Uh, then it was time for the number one contenders uh, gauntlet match outcome. Uh, pretty deadly. Yes, boy. Yes, boy. Yes, boy. Um, and they get on the mic and reveal that they've picked, handpicked three of the toughest teams to face in NXT. One of which is the Rockers, sort of. Flying Brian Williams, slamming jamming Jimmy Jackson. Um, it's good. It's yeah, good pretty deadly marked out very, very well for this. Right, so they were picking the three teams. Yeah. A nice gag, right? But if this match plays, like with the Rockers, a nice gag. But if this plays out as it was intended to, they're still, like, beating two proper teams. Yeah, no. It's like the first match. Yeah, we're taking the piss. The other two teams are proper teams that were going to give them a real challenge. We didn't know that. They did. Who did? Pretty deadly. Or the New Day. The New Day did, but they hijacked it. They said, ah, no, you're fighting teams that we've Hideous taken. book in this. Oh, they could have been facing, I don't know. How's it up to them? Well, this is, yeah, that was... The heels? They said, I think, I, I think it was one of those things where the vagueness that no one picked up on of, we'll fight three teams in a gauntlet. Yeah. But, well, well technically, no one said three teams that New Day pick, mm. so they're just going to pick. <laughs> And if the team won, would they get the shot? That was never illustrated or anything, was it? Like, just a thoughtless crap. Anyway, they beat the Rockers in 30 seconds, spilt milk, getting the victory. But then New Day come out and go, we figured you'd do something like this. So we've got a plan to counteract your plan. We've picked the other two teams. uh, And the next team you've got to beat are Malik Blade and Idris Anofi in a compression shirt. Yeah. Please tell me he's not got that tattoo. He hasn't, man. He's working here. Yeah, I thought so. the value of this, isn't it? Like it I is, say value. It's not going to make anyone any money, but like that's the theoretical online value of this. Jay White's got no value in the news cycle. Stephanie McMahon's got no news value in the news cycle. Just everyone stop doing everything. I literally, it was the second story on the news this morning, and I said, oh, Steph's gone. And Andy was like, that news obviously broke before this news, and I literally went, yeah, yeah, it doesn't <laughs> really matter, does it? Let's be honest. At the end of the day, it's this, and then everything has just overshadowed oh, by no, everything. who's going to welcome us to Monday Night Raw? Everyone. Yeah, she made a lot of money for that company. I'll tell you that. Yeah, by cleaning up its absolutely abysmal reputation and in the public eye. Inventing women's wrestling, of course. Uh, Malik Blade, Idris <laughs> Nofe, uh look good in there. Um, not it's funny because that's what she genuinely felt. <laughs> I was going to say something horrible then. Save for after the podcast. Uh, they not knocked- remember when she shouted at Charlotte Flair for existing and like, "How dare you insult your father? You'd never catch me doing that." Well, what? <laughs> Beg your pardon? Huh? <laughs> on the same episode, 
to a baby face. I was watching a baby face. Oh, good, good for you, Steph. I was getting a bit bored of this character. In fact, it was like driving us insane. Uh, you're too scruffy to be a champion, Ambrose. <laughs> Why do you just piss off? <laughs> Uh, not the voice of the outside. Um, go to the break. We come back. Um, Elton Prince is hitting an assisted gut buster for a two count on Idris. Um, hit a superplex on a no fade, but uh, Malik Blade comes in off a blind tag with a huge frog splash. That looked great. Mm. Fantastic. Uh, that get him a near, got him a near fall. Um, but Prince, well, a no fade small package is Prince, but Wilson knocks it the other way. So Prince has got a no fade. And they get the one, two, three. Yeah. Like, decent. Oh, I thought our boys looked good in here. Decent enough. Um, I d- this is more of a takeaway from this match in general and this angle, which I hate. Uh, Pretty Deadly are even more ready for the main roster than Carmelo Hayes, Cameron Grimes, and all the rest of your favourites. They are light years beyond this crap. I don't know what awaits them on Raw SmackDown particularly, but they're well, well beyond this. They could have <laughs> skipped this entirely from NXT UK. I yeah. if they'd been given the, the arrival that... Uh, Top dollar and his mates did. God, yeah. Years better than Hit Roll does, too. Uh, anyway, New Day come out and go, right, two out of three ain't bad. How about the final team? Boris Johnson and Sir Wanks a lot. And I was convinced here we were going to cut backstage to your boy who likes yelling at his mate, knocking Riggs. on the Get out of that there cubicle. And he's oh, I'm just finishing the hob or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Clean up all that cum Get out of here We got some beer to take care of <laughs> Clean up an aisle cum <laughs> uh, But it cuts backstage And they've been attacked You're in the vinegar strokes there boy <laughs> <laughs> They've been attacked Sige They've been jumped By whom Gallus Gallus are back um, Mark Coffey and Wolfgang. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The what? worst. What is this? The worst. <laughs> I understand, right, that there's a bit of LTST here yeah. because they were feuding with uh, Briggs and Jensen. Now they've taken their revenge at the worst possible time. And it's a swerve and the visas have been sorted and all the rest of it. Uh, Gallus are terrible. Mm-hmm. They are a terrible act. The most unconvincing, fake, tough guys this side of Shane McMahon. At least Shane McMahon is patter, deliberately and accidentally at times. Mm. They're just nothing to me. Gallus are nothing. Apart from that backstage bar that they had. That was bad as well. It was, <laughs> it was nothing. Most boring bitches you've ever seen in your life. Uh, and they were dominant here. They batted pretty deadly. Oh, the hard lads, man. They're the fin. Uh, hit them with their finish. Get the one, two, three, and stare down New Day on the way out. Bit of jaw jacking as they leave. It's like a babyface turn for them because they batted pretty deadly or what? Well, no, because New Day are babyfaces. It's a Triple H production. Who knows? Yeah. Shawn Michaels didn't like Bret Hart, and he loves Gallus. What terrible taste in wrestlers he's got. What a terrible human being. At his core. (laughs) Uh, You think he'd have an eye for talent. Julius Creed's walking out of the (laughs) medical room. Uh, What what, 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 What did Gallus have over them? Yeah. I just don't they see don't know it. where the bodies are buried. There's only explanation. You get any useless tosses. Even in the boom. Even in like the Brit Res boom. Like, they weren't the ones that people were saying, WWE are going to be looking. There's like tons of wrestlers yeah, that you were yeah. thinking that would never, opportunities were never so rife as they were in that period. And nobody was saying like, 
Gallus won't be here for very long, guys. Enjoy him while you got him. It's like, now nah, they're going to be stuck when the boom's bust. Baron like, Corbin's not going to be the lone wolf for very long. <laughs> say that for free. Like, don't worry, ICW, you'll still have them. Any useless toss I work in any bloody UK indie you've ever seen. Yeah. Whether it's in a CM Scunthorpe <laughs> or a Scarborough. <laughs> yeah, I hate Gallus, me. Julius Creed's walking out the uh, medical centre saying he's bloody sick of being jumped all the time, me. I'm going to go and take Jinder out. Ivy and I was like, no, come on, Brutus is injured. We need to move on. Julius is like, there isn't any moving on. And uh, Ivy's got to go and get ready for her match. Julius wants to get ready to batter Jinder Mahal. Problems. Well, again, she, is she turning and joining the locker room leaders? I, but for what at this point? Because they don't care about the locker room and the sanctity of it. I don't, I don't get it now. Like, is she just falling out with Diamond Mine more than she is joining up with them? What's, what's she opposing about them wanting to fight? Aren't they like a fight group? Yeah. Wouldn't this be like if Blackpool Combat Club were like, we're not here to wrestle. <laughs> like, that's, the, <laughs> that's the whole like, reason for beating. Duh. Diamond Mine's logo is two fists. It's not two microphones. Come on, Sometimes let's talk it out. NXT gets a good rap as a show that, while incredibly silly and unrealistic in this universe, you can usually tie everything together. and Sometimes even overlap. I don't know what this is. I don't know what mm. this is either, and nor do I care. It is impossible to care about anything uh, on this show. Moving on. And in general. Another vignette. Uh, we're in a diner. <laughs> but <laughs> there's no <laughs> Apollo Crews. <laughs> that went longer than I thought. Here's another one. That was 19. Pick a number. Six. I'll pick one as well. <laughs> Six <laughs> gives a number. Eight. They're all squeakers, these. 13. Fifteen. I've not even got Apollo Cruz out yet. A little one-two right there. One-two punch. But anyway, it's not Apollo Cruz. It's Carmelo Hayes in, I think, in Apollo Cruz's diner here. A firework. <laughs> uh, Apollo Cruz. Right. England fan that was firing one out of his arsehole and doing well in like a Euros and World Cup, whatever it was. Um... <laughs> Anyway, he's, he's writing in a diary just like Apollo would, but he's like, I'm the guy, not Apollo Crews. Bollocks to him. Uh, trick stole this. Appearing initially as like a a, a face in his memory yeah. and then revealing himself through wearing a mask a bit like Axiom. <laughs> Nothing like what Axiom wears. Uh, and, Quite uh, like Trick is the, uh, you'll do for me, Bonnie lad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, he says the title's got his name in it and not Apollo Crews's. I could, yeah, cool. But I like watching them interact. Mm, yeah. Funny, entertaining lads. Anyway, next it's time for my balls to drop. It's time for the ball to drop. Uh, <laughs> God to damn it. Count down the new <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> pop for that. I don't want to pop for that. I was determined. I was determined. Stairs well, no. Ball drop! He's at his notes. All caps, exclamation mark. <laughs> Uh, the countdown to he the writes this down. <laughs> uh, countdown to oh the new God. year on the t- on the tenth of January, as we always have. Yep. Ten, nine, <laughs> eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Daddy. Tiffany Stratton's back. Yeah. She's less daddy's girl now, a more sort of person celebrity getting papped, wasn't it? It was a bit yes. Giovanni Vinci, the entrance. And like they told her to like serious up her tone a little bit. 
like goal setting for the year mm. ahead. Well, she said, <laughs> I've forgotten how to do it. <laughs> how badly did you guys miss me? You're back in. I know you're t- probably miss me somehow. Just not even funny. Everything <laughs> a woman in that locker room is sweating like a disgusting pig. Because NXT biggest superstar is back. Then a day passed. <laughs> <laughs> I think she forgot her words, yep. if I'm honest. And I can't blame them for feeling in, so inferior. I'm a revelation. In my first nine months of being here, I picked up this business. Picked up this. Better than any woman ever has. And in the past five months, I don't, what have you been doing? I've watched every single woman fail miserably at trying to replace me. No one has my shine, my skill, or my daddy. That's all my style. <laughs> now 2023 can officially begin because the center of the universe is a It's like a creep. Great to see her back. Yeah, yeah, they cut her off. And the delivery wasn't good. And it's when, when you're cutting this kind of promo, I'm the best and I'm a natural and I'm a prodigy. Picking up better than anyone. Pick up your cue. Oh, you script very often. Uh, not good, this. Awful seeing somebody get a hook on a wrestling show, isn't it? Like, uh, as you say, I think the gap contributed to that. But it, she sounded like she was wrapping up, but they were like, well, we're wrapping you up whether you're finished or not. It's and Oscar it's season, isn't it? Awkward, man. Just holding that microphone thinking, was there anything left I was supposed to do? Yeah, there's, no, a, I get out of it. there's a drastic... Uh, the delivery was way out of step with the message, which was not mm. ideal. But, mm. you know, she's really good. So Yeah, she can go. So. One off this, I think. Uh, we got a great little video setting up the NXT Championship match between Bron Breaker and Grayson Fladdy Waller. Fantastic. Mm. Um, and then I don't know why they felt the need. I thought like, all right, and then go to Grayson Waller make his entrance. But they felt the need to just chuck in a little nothing with Caden Carr and Katana Chance going, we've got we've had these tarts for ages, but we also want to win singles gold. And then Tiffany Stratton gets in a car without talking to anyone. Yeah. It was pointless, this. <gasps> but the worst case... God. Uh, scenario so does you know Triple H does like like Nikki Cross happening in the background of the kind of yeah gone stuff's happening that's nah, gone now his characters are doing things so it's not happening uh, so yeah it was Bron Breaker versus Grace and Bloody Waller and I was a bit like why is this not the main event and then the reason obviously revealed itself a little bit later uh, Grace and Waller his strategy is piss off Bron Breaker stops match by uh, slapping him across the face that does the does the job. Ron fires up, though, gets Waller up, um, well, knocks him down, then gets him up for a delayed vertical suplex, does a kip-up, standing moonsault, um, but Waller gets a cheap shot in, uh, puts him in a guillotine choke, uh, takes him down, then gets a two-count, does some push-ups, breakers back up, though, straight away, overhead belly to belly. Um, Waller sends him into the corner, chucks him into the corner again, and they break the ring. The uh, middle rope Mm -hmm. breaks, uh, and we go to a break. Ring breaker. Yeah. We come back. The ropes have been fixed, but uh, Waller's targeting the back of Bron Breaker that's so bloody hard it broke the ring. Um, he's in the camel clutch. Breaker fights out of it, though. Grabs a suplex. Hits the Steiner Bulldog. Uh, looks like he's going to hit a spear. Waller goes to the outside. Love this. He's learned from watching tape or working with Bron Breaker. So he goes to do his big finish a jump-in thing. Obviously, Breaker's going to counter that with the spear, so instead he just hits him with this big running knee to the mm. face that gets a near fall. Love that. Waller goes to walk the ropes, though, and the ropes break again. The ring breaks. He spills to the outside. He hurts his neck. 
He tries to beat the count in, but when he pulls the rope to help himself back in, it's the broken rope, and he falls out Falls out to be counted out. Disappointing finish. This is useless, this. Oh, it's unlucky that the bro- ring broke for them. I think it's more unfortunate than deliberate, to be honest. What was the finish? Sorry. Huh? This was... Oh, I'll just give them another match another time and screw this one. You did say they're going to try and run this back at... Well, yeah, I It's did. ridiculous, this. Like, absolutely ridiculous. Like, I hate... The idea of building a storyline around a company being incompetent. You've been in business for like what, how, like 60 years or something. You should be able to erect a ring. It's like, it's so, there's no drama here. I don't get, like, so I enjoyed the match, right? NXT's one good near fall. NXT is usually good yeah. at erections as well, to be fair. <laughs> this is true. Uh, the Boone Baker, uh, Baker, Breaker. Yeah, they don't like him that much. I don't think anymore. They're turning like, on him because he's like dared to work in other buildings. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. I I like this, and I like I had a feeling that the chemistry would be good, and it was really it's a really easy story to Just tie such a cop out to tie how these characters. Yeah, the would ring fight. broke, but like and I'm like talking about my own pitch. The whole story was centered around the fact that like he's gotten to him, and Breaker tries to not get annoyed, and then gets annoyed. If you want to do this, the DQ is there. Yes. Breaker gets himself DQ'd, but he's an honourable champion. He's just lost it. He's completely lost his head. And Shawn Michaels kind of has no choice. Come on, mate. Like, you're a babyface champion. I can't let that stand. We've got, like, we'll do it. I'll put you in a cage. The same, same thing applies right. here. Grayson Wall's going to say, I never lost. Yeah. He can say, I won the other one. I, your version. I, I, I'm not sort of, I know that, like, non-finishes aren't a popular way out of things. But I felt like they told the story to get you the rematch. And then they come up with this weird broken rope thing instead. I, I, I found that really strange. If anything, you've kind of, especially because of the way it happened, Waller just claiming it it doesn't really make him that much of a heel. Whereas if his plan had worked and he'd really gotten under Breaker's skin, that justifies his cage, especially a cage match, because now that all that Waller needs to do is escape. Like, there's going to be drama in that title match because he doesn't need to pin Breaker, does he? He can just fall. Like, he can get speared in the door and fall out and win the title. There's a lot of ways Grayson Waller could win this title now and, in inverted commas, protect Bron Breaker. Mm. But I just found this such a strange way to get there because I was quite enjoying the action. I want to put over Breaker's gear, by the way. He, um, you know, these Rick Steiner tributes that are never quite right. And then <laughs> yes. Vic Joseph Lies says, that's his dad's exact singlet from 1993. It's not. Vic, you're a liar. Um, this wasn't. You would know. Yeah. This wasn't because it never existed. Uh, this was a Hasbro figure design. They just made a Rick Steiner thing because he wore such wacky stuff. I was just painting him up a singlet. And Braun got that action figure singlet made. I like that. I really enjoyed the visual of it. There's one nice near fall here. But my God, this finish was absolutely hopeless. Didn't advance the story. It was a cop out of, we'll do this one again. This means nothing. But like, I'm not being, you know what I'm like with Triple H and Shawn Michaels? I think they're a pair of bloody chances. A pair mm. of absolute lick ass chances <laughs> who inherit these positions by being obsequious little rats. I kind of trust them to a bit more to not do the Vince thing. Like the show was called New Year's Evil. You're thinking, right, okay, there's going to be a finish here that is at least a good or basic means of doing a rematch. You're thinking, all right, there's a bit of finality to it because it's a branded show, and for them to do it twice. Like, it's low expectations, but still, Jesus Christ, like, oh, well, lads. You're better than Vince. Moderately. Yeah. Incrementally better than Vince. You're a bit better. And this was Vince stuff, this. But he's back. Mm. Mackenzie. Backstage with the Roxanne Perez talking about the Battle Royal. And she's like, I really hope Cora Jade wins. Not. Not. But uh, talks about how big of an opportunity this is. It names the likes of Indy Hartwell. It's like just learned about the in opposite land joke. 
Alba Fire. She did it to everybody backstage. Uh, can't wait to watch, basically. 20 women. Only one of them can win. Only one, obviously. Um, get a recap of the Gulak Walker mentorship storyline ahead of Charlie Dempsey versus Hank Walker. Uh, before that, though, it is time for... Oh, another backstage segment. Uh, this time, actually, featuring... I should probably get rid of the ads. I should pay for this, really. Um, featuring Apollo Crews. <laughs> he's, he's watching uh, Mello's promo when he walks Axiom. No! Uh, thank each other for the save, etc. last week. Um... Can't let things go. Mello and Trick are running their mouths. Axiom says, I'm oh, also frustrated. Can't you tell by my face? <laughs> He's got a mask on. Yeah, he is a new run and gag. We're going to tag next week. That'll be an absolute ripper, to be fair. Yeah, It'll be pretty good. It'll be absolutely sensational. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he loves NXT, doesn't he? I love it. It's the best show of the week. Um, Charlie Dempsey versus Hank Walker was next. Um, and Charlie Dempsey was the absolute best here. Absolute best. He, uh, he was absolutely fine. Stretched, <laughs> stretched this security guard prick, basically. Uh, cross face, and I think he'd grapevine one of the legs, and it looked like, you know, you got Gulak cheering on his charge, and it looks like, oh, is Walker going to make it to the ropes? And then Charlie Dempsey just rolls him back again, and just, it looked horrible, to be fair. His head was all like, oh. I was halfway impressed with this, you know. I bit on the hyperextend the elbow. The... Um, oh, yeah, arching, on, on bar. Yeah, yeah, arching out of the submissions and then seamlessly applying one of your own. I thought this is a decent bit of grappling, and it was not boring as sin, and it was actually a little bit dramatic, and I just thought this was a bit of a minor over-delivery. A good, I think this was good matchmaking more than anything else. Like Hank, it was paced well. Yeah, Hank Walker was like a good sloppy jalopy opponent for... Sloppy jalopy son of a bitch. You think, you know what the f*** going on? Opponent <laughs> <laughs> for Charlie Dempsey to do his absolute best. Limb work. They did it as well. You called this. Um, Gulak was checking on Hank Walker, but he was all eyes for Charlie Dempsey. Yeah, like, he's he's had his head turned now, and like that's fair. That's like a decent little story. Uh, during this match, there was a tweet from Shawn Michaels who said, I hear you guys. We'll sort out the world title thing a little bit later. Here's what? Not a single person will have asked for that. I've seen Are the- you watching Vince McMahon? <laughs> Are you watching Vince McMahon? I bought my own country. <laughs> Watching, and was Vince McMahon watching? No. Okay. Uh, Alba Fire is chatting with Sol Ruka backstage, but I don't know there's, there's something off with her. Is this the uh, winter solstice spell kicking in? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Definitely something to stick a pin in it. We'll come back to it. Uh, Tyler Bates returns to NXT next Tuesday, which is fantastic news. Uh, and then NXT Anonymous, which isn't scripts, because it was spying on scripts, putting a note in Oro Mensa's bag. Like, you need any, any like, like how is that? Fi- like, oh, we found out about something here. Because doesn't he surely leave every note with the word sincerely scripts at the end? So it's not like, I mean, like who's left this note in my bag? <laughs> but he's getting filmed. Like, in, this is an inception thing, inscription. Now, where, like, he, he was previously the guy that would set the cameras up. Like, and I know everything that's going on in here because of my unconsenting footage that I watched. Now there's somebody watching him. Now Mustafa Ali <laughs> back in to... Oh, you're right, he's doubling down there. Like, he's left sincerely scripts, but he's like, just in case you didn't know it was me. 
Check the footage. Check the footage. Set Wait a second, film. that outfit looks somewhat familiar. Where have I seen someone dressed like that twat? Ah, yeah. And he did that sick flip. <laughs> Which Halloween bag of trash left this note for me <laughs> with his name on? Uh, right, we mentioned it earlier. Jinder Mahal versus Julius Creed. Julius Creed getting to walk with, work with a former world champion here. Um, Gets his mouth busted open. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Julius Creed looks great. I think Julius Creed... I'm, I love Brutus and Julius together. I think Brutus is... I oh, love Jinder's his there. little cannonball. Jinder's there. Jinder's there, mate. Bloodied up. But I think Julius could be a single star eventually. I think he's the yeah. one. He's got more to him than Braun, I think. Just like bloodied up in a... Personality-wise. Slow, slow it down. Can come tight match with Jinder friggin' Mahal. I was bored, Richard. Yeah. This was impossible to watch. Just, I'm gonna create him with a superplex. That was good. I skipped through a lot of this, <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. I needed to hear news about the Saudi friggin' sale. He, he ate a drop kick and then was bleeding from the mouth. Um, Mahal works him over. Where have I seen that before? Um, and then suplex Creed gets back into it, goes up top for a shooting star. Sanga causes a distraction, comes off the top. Rolls, misses, but rolls through, um, but then eats a kick, and then uh, Mahal hits him with a collapse after a distraction for the one, two, three. Six years ago, this. Yeah. Jeez, was it? Mm-hmm. Bloody hell, he's right. Distance between SummerSlam 1992 and, like, WrestleMania 14, there or thereabouts. Roughly the same amount of time as Steve Austin and The Rock's runs on top combined. Yeah. Six years. Like, they are, and even just this, isolated, right? They had a tag match I wanted to watch twice, actually. And they've taken it away. And they've showed me one I don't want to watch. Twice, actually. <laughs> Thanks. Terrible. Uh, event time. No, Boris Johnson and Sir Wanks a lot of backstage. Fallon Henley's talking about bloody Gallus and checking on their boys. They've got to get to the uh, the Battle Royal, of course. Um, Fallon heads off. Kiana makes sure Sir Wanks lots all right. Something's happening. Yeah. What's happening with this cat? Yeah, oh, think, and... He's going to... That's sex with her. Yeah. Another reason why I love this show. Return of one of our favourite features. Bend her over. This (laughs) is your thing. Stevie Turner, you're a streamer. What? What? So, yeah. What we know about that in wrestling is that they make far more money on Twitch than they were. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yet again, a Tony D thing. Like, your income is best found elsewhere. Well, it's a vignette for someone who's just going to say, well, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm not. This is the one where I'm not going to wrestle. If I'm a prospector or I'm a surfer, you know, the amateurs, I'm pretty good. Or what are the jobs? I'm a mafia guy. Bar owner. Bar owner. I've got a supplemental secondary income here. The Twitch guy's like, the vignette would be a good running gag. Like, it's a meta gag of, oh, he's just not going to wrestle. Why would he? Just gets what, the, the setup for Stevie Turner gets more and more elaborate as more and more money comes in from her Twitch stream and then she has to wrestle and she's like, oh. Do you think at some point they'll debut, like, a woman with model good looks and then she'll be like, I've made my money from a paywall website where you can see private pictures of me and nobody's going to put two and two together. Wait a second. She's our resident... What's that word? Collects all the information and... Uh, Data. Yeah, resident that collector. And she's been carried by a digital wave across the ocean. I felt so sorry for her here. <laughs> Shut the f*** up, you stupid bastard wrestlers. Not her fault. Never is. None of their faults, yeah. is it? But you still want them to shut up, though. Yeah. You still want her to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> right, who will be the number one contenders for Roxanne Perez's women's title? I've got to say, so I started watching this. You picked... Tiffany it's the main Stratton. event. Yeah, main event. Oh, God. You picked, well, sort of, if you don't count what came afterwards. No, I'm not going to. Okay. Um, you picked Tiffany Stratton yesterday, didn't you? Yes. So with this, sh- this starts, right, and I'm looking at everyone in the ring, and I'm going, <laughs> what a dickhead. Pick Tiffany Stratton to win this whole thing. 
I was much more smart. I picked Corey. Oh, she's been eliminated. <laughs> Straight away. Third person. Out you go. Tatum, Tatum Paxley gets chucked out by Kiana James. Fallon Henley almost eliminated, but Kiana James makes the save. Uh, the, oh, the angles and the tension set up in the dynamite diamond ring battle roller could never. I know. So many like big stories being set up yeah. here. Uh, I'm being a twat actually. I quite like these NXT battle rolls. They do do that. The, the action in here was terrible. Miserable wrestling. They're just like trying to use it to tell some stories. Uh, didn't get all of it, but she got eliminated. That's because she fell off then <laughs> by herself, by her own accord. She didn't get any of it there. Oh no, it's not the booker anymore. Did he book a T actually? I've forgotten. With the Tiffany Stratton thing? No, no, when the ring broke. Oh, no. Yeah, one of the best Bukatias of all time. <laughs> like, Vic Joseph was like, you've been around Buka. Uh, what's going on? Like, how often does this happen? <laughs> how often does this happen, Book? He goes, ah, oh, I'll tell you, Vic. It's an anomaly. Happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I think it was Amari Miller in the ring with the last legend. Last chucks ch 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 her out. Um... Sol Ruka gets chucked out to the, well, sent over the top, pushed out to the floor, but she does the Kofi Kingston handstand and gets back in the ring. Uh, Justice for the next in line program, if you ask me. Gymnasts and rumbles. It's great. It's, yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah. They walk on their hands and they crab, like, crab walk around the post and that. It's class. Uh, Looks so funny. Thea Hale <laughs> chucks out, I think it was Valentina Ferroz, and is so happy. I just loved seeing Thea Hale in here. I don't think we saw her eliminated, did we? She was eliminated yeah. picture in picture, which is a bit devastating. Um, Lash got someone up for a powerbomb, but Indy knocked her off the top and kicked her out to the floor. Uh, Cora comes back in to try and eliminate uh, Bird Person, but they duck and she goes over the top. So not only have I picked the wrong person, I've picked someone who's been eliminated <laughs> twice as much. Well, no, more than twice as much. Your person wasn't even yeah. in there. Anyway, um, yeah, during the break, I think Electra Lopez gets rid of Hale. Uh, Indy Hartwell is trying to get rid of Shushi Darlene, but Shazy Jane gets rid of her. Um, Zoe Stark gets Wendy on the apron. And Nikita Lyons gets Electra Lopez on the apron. Lopez gets kicked off. Wendy Chu gets knocked off, but lands on her pillow and survives. Right until Lopez just pulls it out from underneath her. Seven people remain, I think, at this point. Nikita Lyons gets uh, eliminated by Zoe Stark. Stark can't even celebrate, though, before she's thrown out by Sol Ruka. Um, who then drop kicks JC, clothesline Gigi, goes for a, I think it was like a handspring splash or something on big on uh, Alba Fire. He gets kicked and thrown over the top. Uh, and uh, the final four are Gigi Dolene, JC Jane, Alba Fire, and Bird Person. Um, Fire and Bird Person are fighting on the apron. Fire gets eliminated by a head scissors from Bird Person. Cora Jade runs in from the crowd again. Or runs in again, runs in from the crowd this time, hops the barricade, goes to sweep her feet, but um, what's her name? Valkyrie? Valkyria, I think her yeah. name is. She avoids it, but uh, Toxic Attraction shove her off, and it's just the two of them left. They celebrate, they raise each other's hand, um, but the referee's like, no, 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 it's a one person can win this. Only one. JC Jane's like, Gigi, it's your time. I'm going to eliminate myself. Gigi's like, JC, stop! But then JC turns around, super kicks Gigi, tries to chuck her out. Dolene lands on the apron. They're both on the apron next to the turnbuckle. They climb up, they're punching each other. They're going to superplex each other off that. But they butt heads, fall off at the same time. What are the chances? Both 
guys, feet hit the floor at the same time. One group of referees say one person, the other says the other. They go, they re action replay it. You can't call it. So it's hard to do this thing at the end. Mm. That was, yeah, very good timing. I'll give them that. I'll give them this one thing in this match. It was hard to do that at the end. Um, decent dynamic, I guess, for a triple threat. Uh, otherwise, this was a cliche of a match, horrendously worked. Toxic Attraction are co-number one contenders. I like that as a touch. I thought it was a nice little development. Yeah, me too, actually. I, uh, I'm a bit of a sucker for the old two winners deal because the first time it happened, it was a perfect. So thanks, Brett, and, and Lex Liga, actually. For oh, I making, thought you were talking about Cena and Batista. For making this idea as brilliant as it was. Oh, Vince is so stupid and deranged by then that he didn't realise that it had happened again and fallen right into his lap. Yes. And he's like, and all he had was his lap because then he couldn't walk after he <laughs> did his quads. Yeah, like when it was delivered the first time, it was delivered so perfectly that I actually quite like it as a finish once in a while. You know, don't be too liberal with it. So I didn't mind 94? this. 94. Yeah. Uh, and then they've done it again. Or maybe they did it with a steel cage, maybe. But like, they tried to do something with it. I, f- I can't remember if it was on a pay-per-view or a, a Raw or something, and they got it horribly wrong. <laughs> it was so obvious it was that it was the smack same down. time. Maybe. Yeah. Mm. I, I, this, yeah, I this think it was the same time. I think it wasn't. I've watched it back. Relatively well performed, which is what makes the difference here, uh, which is the kindest thing I can say about Toxic Attraction as well, because, like, Jesus Terrible Christ. acting. Yeah, like... They're not actors. Sean, I'll give him this. Like, he really genuinely believes this is going to be the babyface making of Roxanne Perez because he had the cheek to go on commentary in 1996 and call Sid the biggest piece of luggage, like, in WWE. Now there's two. It's toxic attraction. So if she can get through that pay-per-view and that's half decent, like, it's the making of her. It is a good, like like you say, because I picked Cora Jade and you said, you said yourself, Sidge, it's a bit early for Cora Jade because you've got to have your first sort of defence where everyone knows you're probably not going to lose the title. I like this as a pick. Like... Oh, the odds are stacked against her, but they all both, they both want to be champion. Yeah. And she comes through beating both of them and then moves on to a big Cora Jade thing for WrestleMania or weekend or whatever. Or whoever they've got from that stacked roster we saw here tonight. The Shawn Michaels is a better booker than Triple H. Oof. I'll say that. He's, He's better not- at having the roster interact with itself in ways that you can't see coming. Even if I think the characters are terrible, the dialogue is terrible, the purpose of what professional wrestling is is missed to like a just a quite shocking degree. Yeah, but that aside... That aside, <laughs> Shawn Michaels is a better booker than Triple H. I was going to say, we've not had Shawn Michaels' golden era yet in the way that we did for Triple H 2014-2016, but Shawn Michaels has already... like done more objectively as a business for NXT than Triple H yes. did, even in it on its best day. Yeah. Like, it felt NXT on its best day was kind of like a tax relief, wasn't it? Like, it was for it. WWE at large. It like, was four or five takeovers when the product was hot and sold out of building. They were never taking that bitch on the road. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. Um, just time, thankfully, to, to head backstage where Bron Breaker and Grayson Waller are there with Shawn Michaels. Uh, and he says, look, can't have a go down like that, guys. So... Vengeance Day, NXT Championship, Steel Cage Match. Yeah, I'll preview it next week. Yeah. Good, though. Uh, proper drama around a title change, I think. Yeah, in a feasible. Cage. Yeah, yep. you can buy it. Uh, and there we have it. That was... <laughs> Shut up, mate. <laughs> you tit. Um, slightly overshadowed by bigger news today, let's be perfectly honest. I could not give a toss during this review. I'm sorry. You got the best out of us at the start. There's Dynamite preview coming up next, so I'll be jazzed for that. <laughs> uh, but my God, this show, the most irrelevant show, dot, 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 especially so today. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Because like, this is a podcast that you'd ideally want people to listen to just to get some like condensed thoughts on this 
or Saudi Arabia thing, but it's this podcast. Yeah. So what if people just get an NXT review? There's more things going on today. It's like, how do we, like, I'm, I appreciate on that. I'm saying Twitter and in the bullets to say instant reaction to WWE sale. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's just because our business plan in the middle of a frigging recording. <laughs> why not? It is uh, also one of those, it's like, it's kind of heavy. We need some light relief. I mean, this is the perfect show. I wouldn't want to be going through a three-hour roar alongside this, for example. So NXT's been trying to give the character light relief since the 2.0 rebrand started. Anyway, let us know your thoughts on, jabs. on <laughs> New Year's Evil. And After which, you're calm. <laughs> and everything we've discussed uh, on Twitter, at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. Make sure you subscribe to WhatCultureWrestling wherever you get your podcast podcast from for daily wrestling podcasts and yeah all of our thoughts on this thing as it develops but for now this has been uh, our review of nxt <laughs> thanks to the daddy boys thank you for joining us and we will see you soon do you love anime gaming movies and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do then join us on crunchyroll presents the anime effect I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show yeah. is absolutely yeah. incredible. Or anime. Yeah, and under this sure. mask is another mask. <laughs> you can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday wherever you get your podcast, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this show ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.